0: Hello, I'm attorney Stephen R. Goldman of Stephen R. Golden and Associates. Our firm is a full-service law firm dedicated to the middle class and businesses. We excel in areas of business and real estate law and litigation. Our firm can also reduce your debt through negotiation or bankruptcy. Our attorneys have experience in wills, trusts, and probate, helping you to maintain your family's wealth and pass it on to your loved ones without taxes For a free consultation, give us a call at 626-228-2710. That's 626-228-2710, 626-228-2710.
1: Time to dive into another hour of Living by the Word and it is sponsored by the Friends of Living by the Word Ministries on 99.5 KKLA.
2: Living by the Word does not necessarily reflect the views of KKLA staff, management,
0: or sponsors. Let's get into it.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Living by the Word Ministries presentation with Bible Information Brokers. My name is Daryl D. Fulton with my teammates, Brian Allen, and Professor Craig Hawkins, who I affectionately call PCH. Listen, we're going to get back to the phone calls momentarily. And as a matter of fact, let me give the number to you where you can start dialing in now at one la talks one 528 2557 Or you can simply send us an email question, and we'll be dealing with some of those momentarily. Um, right in the address box, questions, spell it out, questions, at BibleInfoBrokers.com Questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com We'll be able to deal with your questions live on the last hour of this presentation Now, as we get back to the questions, let me just me really say you heard it from my good friend Stephen R. Uh, Golden uh, If you give him a call at his office please let him know that you heard about him and his firm from us at the Bible and for brokers. Uh, and by doing so, that'll be helpful to us and both him. Let us know that people are listening and people are taking response to that. Now also, Steve and I just had to be going back and forth uh, today between ourselves, he's a good friend of mine as well, about the gospel. And we were talking about the idea of the church and what the church does and does not do and what needs to be done. But one thing that we know for sure, and I think Professor uh, Craig and Brian would attest to that, If we're gonna do a show like this, apologetics, answer questions and do all those type of things, and not have the emphasis being Christ and him crucified, then really all this stuff is just puffing ourselves up with knowledge and things like that. Because without Christ and him crucified, we really don't have good news. We don't have a gospel. We still have bad news. We still caught up in our sin. And I'm gonna defer right now to my uh, good buddy and the handsome one, as I said earlier, of the group. Uh, or was that the strong one? I, th- I think Craig took them both early in the program. Strong, handsome man. Can you let the people know why Christ and him crucified is the utmost important for people to understand why we even do broadcasts like this?
4: Well, thanks, um, you know, In fact, yeah, I was, at Sunday School today, I was teaching a class on this issue and dealing with the various biblical motifs or themes that the Bible brings out, why we need a relationship with God, how we're estranged from God, we're alienated from God, we're separated from God. We may think, you know, I'm okay, God's okay, we're okay, but that's not a, the truth. Um, that we are separated, alienated from God because of our imperfections. And there are a number of of, of themes that are mentioned, Daryl, and, and, and we couldn't do justice to any one of them, let alone all of them, and the time we even have the whole rest of the program. Mm-hmm. But, but I would be remiss not to mention some of these and share those with our, our listeners. And there is the idea of having a relationship and having fellowship with God and the need to be redeemed and be cleansed. Uh, if nothing else, to have our conscience cleansed. You know, there is false guilt. Sometimes people feel guilty for things they really shouldn't, but there is what we call true guilt. There are some things we have done we really are guilty for, mm-hmm. and we should feel badly, and that we need to repent of those things. But there is forgiveness for those who trust in Christ, for those who will come to him and say, wow, I'm really struggling with X, Y, and Z, something that I did in my past, whether recent past or just today or, or 10, 20, 30, 50 years ago. But all of you, everyone listening to the sound of our voice right now, our voices, knows they've done things for which they're guilty. And that maybe they've lost quite a bit of sleep over, as we say. They're concerned about it. And, my friend, you can have your, the pangs of your conscience assuaged. You can have that taken care of, not just try to uh, turn the alarm off like your proverbial alarm clock uh, that's not going to go away, uh, but to let your conscience be cleansed Because of the work of Jesus Christ, the divine physician, indeed, can I dare say, the divine psychologist, Christ uh, has paid the penalty for our sins. He forgives us, and he brings to us life and forgiveness. By the way, I have two handouts. One, uh, a gentleman named Craig Ott did, a missionary missiologist, did on themes such as uh, uh, the issue of uh, power and authority of ceremonial cleaning and of relationship. And then I have a handout that goes with it that gives the verses that goes with that, and I think it's helpful. And we'd be happy to make that available free to people and or email it to them. We'll get electronic copy to send it to you. This is so important to know who Christ is, what he did, and it's significant for us. And I want to share at least one or two passages quickly, Darryl, so but, no but yeah, terminus. Absolutely.: Absolutely. It's vital that we know our need of Christ. And what he's done, and God's not just there. Now, God is holy and he's righteous. He's not just Jesus, your buddy. He's not just Jesus, your friend. Uh, People will say, well, my God doesn't do that. Yeah, the problem is your God is a figment of your imagination. It's not the God of reality. The God of reality is holy and just and righteous and cannot tolerate, cannot condone, cannot approve or ignore sin. To miss the mark, imperfections are lying, cheating, stealing, all the things we have done one way shape or form whether in great magnitude or small magnitude all these imperfections are intolerable to god who is perfectly holy but he's not just some condemning uh, indeed he's not a condemning god he's a god who's made uh, a way for us to be forgiven to be reconciled to god and that's the beauty of what he's done uh, for us and indeed i would be remiss if i didn't share a, a key passage on that point um of what god has done for us and and the, the beauty of of christ and his work and how he's redeemed us and reconciled us and brought us back for those who would trust in christ as the lord and savior and believe in him your conscience can be assuaged uh, it can be cleansed and be purified not just try to cover it not just try to mask it uh, But get rid of it. You know, there's various cleaning products that talk about, look, we don't just mask the stain or mask the smell. Allegedly, this product removes it. Well, Christ literally did. Listen to this beautiful passage. It's given in a Hebraic context of the sacrificial system, but uh, we're trying to make it relevant to those listening today. We're told in Hebrews, for example, chapter 10, verse 19, Therefore, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place yes. by the blood of Jesus, so that the holy of holy places the high priest could go, only go, he alone, once a year on mm-hmm. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, if he wasn't, had not confessed his sin and wasn't right before God, he was often struck dead. Mm-hmm. That's why they would attach a bell mm-hmm. and a rope to his ankle. And if the bell stopped <laughs> ringing and he fell over dead, they couldn't go in. They had to drag him out. And so Yom Kippur, once a year, only the high priest, but Christ allows us all to enter into the holy of holy places because of his work. By a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is his body, that is his physical death. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us what? Draw near to God with mm-hmm. a sincere heart, in full assurance or full confidence of faith, having what? Our heart sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Yes and have our, our bodies washed and with pure water. So what's the point? The heart in Greek and Hebrew thought means the mind, the, if you will, the intellect, the emotions, and the will. And so emotionally you can know, you can experience forgiveness, not just in your head. It was, some people say it wrongly, but you can know it. You can experience experientially, if you will, powerfully, forgiveness. And release from the guilt that you're suffering from, from what you've done, whether again today or 50, 60, 70 years ago. God can and will forgive you if you will confess your sins, if you will acknowledge them to him. He knows them for, for your sake. Acknowledge them, confess them, renounce them, repent, and God will forgive you. And you will experience joy, peace, and righteousness. Joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying life will be wonderful in the sense of that you have no problems, no issues, whatnot. That's not what I'm saying. But you will experience God's presence and His joy and His peace. Look, you know, in Hebrew and Greek, the word shalom, of course, in Hebrew, or are arene in Greek, um, like an arenic setting. Peace. The words are variously translated peace, and rightly so. But what does peace mean? Peace means that at its core, harmony. You can experience harmony with God reconciliation with God and then God can help you to be reconciled to others maybe others you've been not reconciled with for years you may not have even talked God can bring about reconciliation mm-hmm. first and foremost between you and him and then second of all with others that is what's available that is waiting for you for those who trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior believe on him and receive the gift of eternal life which is another theme but for right now we've just talked about some key ones receive the forgiveness, receive the justification, receive the right standing that God wants to give you and heal you from the inside out, not because you've uh, your little good works trip or you do this or don't do that anymore, cuss or chew, hang around boys and girls mm-hmm. with you, but because you let God wash you, cleanse you, including your mind, and renew you and give you a clean, pure conscience before Him because you've been forgiven that's what's yours for the asking for the taking because it's been given to you it's being offered to you don't mock god's grace my friend don't do spite to his grace today is the day of salvation right now wherever you are stop whatever you're doing or at least driving keep your eyes open but get right with god wherever you are whatever you're doing right now ask god for forgiveness and receive the gift of eternal life and of joy peace and righteousness in god from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, He offers it to you right now, and my friend, I need to say this: the gift is yours to take, but also it 's yours to be held for, held accountable for. Yes. if you reject god 's grace, should you despise His grace, then you are still abiding under the wrath of God, and God will judge you eternally someday. this isn 't a fear tactic, this is a reality tactic, this is a reality check, as they say. Get right with God right now. Receive His forgiveness or otherwise stay under His wrath. Something you do the place you do not want to be. Receive the forgiveness. Move from death to life.
3: This confession that Craig is talking about and is saying, Romans ten, ten, come out to me and I must say it, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you have confessed and are saved. Don't worry about tricking God. You're not gonna be able to do that. So if God is moving upon your heart, do just what the professor said take an opportunity right now again if you're driving or something like that pull aside the road or keep your eyes open and just say it and know it and believe it in your heart because of what the scripture says and because of the truth about what the scripture says listen listen living by the word ministries bible information brokers if you um are so inclined please give us a call this is a live call and presentation craig the uh the scriptures uh, that, that just come to my mind about the different gospels that are preached, and even in Galatians, we have this next uh, phone caller. That I kind of looked at his question It's a good segue into taking Greg's uh, question from Rancho Cucamonga to deal with uh, the gospel uh, in a certain extent. But his question is interesting because he's asking a question about what, Greg, from Rancho Cucamonga? What's yeah. your question?
5: Yeah, God bless you, Daryl. God bless you, Brian. God bless you, Craig. And uh, definitely want to tell you the Bible information brokers. Uh, I, you answered my question last week. I went ahead, and did my homework. Went ahead, checked out the information that you gave, and uh, it was very helpful. Uh, my my question today f- uh, for you is, uh, you know, I, I was looking at the Quran here. I, I don't believe it's scripture though, but the, uh, in the Quran, in Surah ninety six. Uh, uh, chapter ninety six and also the commentary Sahih al bahari and Sahih Muslim uh Muhammad mentions in six ten a d he went into a cave to go ahead and pray and when he prayed he uh he had an angel appear to him, and the angel went ahead and basically gave him the Quran, you know iika recite and he he claimed that the angel was jabril or gabriel mm-hmm. all right and then uh t- then paralleling that uh twelve hundred years later in eighteen twenty three uh Joseph Smith in the Pearl of Great Price, uh, uh, volume uh, number one, uh, uh, well, verse, chapter one, verse 30 through 34, uh, Joseph Smith said that he was praying, and then when he was praying, he had the angel Moroni mm-hmm. go ahead and appear to him and give him the Book of Mormon. So my question for you gentlemen, is, is there any scriptures in the Bible that warn against uh, angels that come to you or, you know, or proclaim, like, you know, like these books are supposed to be, you know, like an addition to the Bible or are supposed to be information, you know, uh, about Jesus or anything like that, you know, from yeah. angels? Is there scriptures that you can give me that, that help me, that warn me against this kind of stuff? You know he, what?
3: Uh, let me say this, Brian, because I was alluding to the Greg's question. I saw it in that I was going right to Galatians 1 in regards to it. So, Brian, if you have something else other than Galatians 1.8. No, no, 1-8. Gal- Galatians 1.8. Yeah, please, yeah, please. Yeah, please. yeah, Greg, I, I, the first passage that comes to my
0: mind is uh, Galatians 1.8. It mm-hmm. says, but even though we or an angel from wow. heaven right. should preach to you right. a gospel contrary to that which we have preached to you, let him be a curse. Wow. And so— it's 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 like we always say you know we have to look at and we have to test everything by scripture and so if there's an if there's an angel from wherever okay uh we have to test what that angel says by scripture and if it if it contradicts what scripture says, then we have to uh abide by what uh galatians one eight tells us to do
3: uh that's that's one passage um Brian, as you're looking for the other passage, and Craig, before you chime in, go ahead, Brian, finish looking for the passage. It just reminded me of the story I was reading about Rehoboam and Jeroboam today, how some uh, prophet, uh, God told one prophet to go in and do something. He did it and walk away, don't come back the same way. And then this other prophet went and saw the guy and told him contrary to what he just heard from God himself and told him to come on back and do it. And then God judged the prophet that he told to do something. And that's in the book of uh, Kings uh, and, and, and Chronicles, man, I love the Old Testament because it deals with some of the things you're talking about right now and that's why Brian is saying the Word of God is true and we have to measure everything that we hear our experience to the Word of God and not believe that certain people said like I heard back in the day and I'll mention names because I'm so still upset about this that a person making a statement who has a large ministry said one ounce of my experience is worth more than a ton of theology wow. contrary to what Brian is saying right now go
0: ahead B no that that was a passage that i wanted to share with you because it does in fact uh mention uh an angel and that was that was uh, one of the things you were asking about and so uh like if again we test it by scripture and even if an angel from heaven okay. and we've had quite a few <laughs> angels that came from heaven <laughs> and uh and, uh, Many are kicked out from heaven yeah, also. <laughs> those, those are the ones I'm talking about. And, and uh, those are the ones running around this earth uh, trying to tempt. And, and they've done a phenomenal job in far as uh, leading people away from the, the true and living God. Craig, any other passages you can think of?
4: Well, sure. Actually, three others. Um, now, actually, one, there's a human component here. In Deuteronomy 13, we're, we're given a clear warning. Even if somebody arises who has a dream or vision yeah. or uh, work a miracle, signs or wonders, um, right? This is in Deuteronomy 13, one, starting right. verse 1. It tells us, though, but they say, let us go worship other gods. Mm-hmm. In other words, not the true and living God. Uh, they are not to listen to that person, uh, that they are being tempted uh, to, to walk away from the true and living God and, pr- and true worship. Uh, also, the same thing is found actually in Deuteronomy 18 as well. Uh, for example, verse 20 gives clear guidelines dealing with false prophets. A uh, lot in Jeremiah, same type of thing, uh, chapter 23, 24. But, but on the angel theme, yeah, there, you guys, of course, rightly went to Galatians chapter 1. Uh, but the other key passage, of course, is found in 2 Corinthians, as I turn back over there, uh second Corinthians chapter eleven, uh Paul not only talks about his uh, thorn in the flesh, uh that we were discussing earlier, um, but actually he, he addresses another issue, um and he he tells us uh in verse three of chapter eleven, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's mm-hmm. cunning. Your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus uh, we preached, wow. or if you p- receive a different spirit from yes. the one you received, wow. or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. And then he tells us what's the source of this, what's the origin, what's the genesis of this, uh, in verses 2, 3, and 4 of Second Corinthians 11, verse 13 through 15, he talks about these false teachers, and he says, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles of christ and no wonder Mm -hmm. for satan himself masquerades as an angel of light wow wow it's not surprising then if his servants masquerade as angels of servants of righteousness so yeah the devil's favorite costume is the holy spirit suit or (laughs) an angel michael gabriel whomever and then pitches his product and it's not the gospel and with all due respect if you uh Compare the Quran, and by the way, you know today it 's a hundred and fourteen surahs as I mentioned last week but uh four there were four people that Muhammad mentioned he thought who knew the Quran the best other than him and uh one of them had one hundred and twelve chapters surahs one had one fourteen uh-huh. and two uh one had one sixteen and two of them had one fourteen and they settled on the one fourteen but the one he said he knew it the best, actually, I can't remember if he had the 112, or the, I think it's actually the 116, and he refused to give up those two surahs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, we have to compare this with the Word of God itself, with the Bible. And, of course, there are radical changes and differences in the Quran and also in uh, the Mormon literature. And we, so we would have to compare that with the Bible and then see who's really speaking for God. And we don't mean to be disrespectful, but the challenge has been been thrown down. Our Mormon friends have said, look, you know, we're honest, straightforward people, and I believe many of them certainly are that. Uh, You know, we, um, you know, show us. If we've erred in any way, then show us. Show us from our scriptures. Well, we would be happy to do that and show you from scripture. And, and again, as we mentioned last week, and, uh, the, the Qur'an speaks very highly of the Bible. The Qur'an itself speaks very glowingly of, of the Bible. So when Muslims disrespect the Bible, they're actually disrespecting the Qur'an. Hmm. They need to address that. So, Greg, your points are well taken.
5: Great. Well, Gemma, I wanted to tell you, uh, you're definitely the Bible information brokers, and thank you again for answering another question. I love your references, and I wrote those scriptures down. And God
0: bless you guys.
3: God bless you, Greg. Thank Thanks, you so much. Greg. Thank you very much. Just like Greg, uh, Jelly, gentlemen, you can call in. Doug, we're we'll going to get to your call in a moment. And we have some line open, uh, folks, for you to give us a call right now. Again, this broadcast goes as you call in, One triple eight, la talks one 528 2557 Yeah, we're talking about the Bible and theology and things like that, but I'm telling you, life happens to us all. Life happens. If you're going through something and you want to know what the Bible says about it, this is the broadcast for you. If you're reading your Bible and you want to know, hey, I didn't really understand all this. I got my thoughts. What are your thoughts, gentlemen? This is what this broadcast is about.
0: D- Daryl, you can't so, you can't read the Bible and not have questions. I'm sorry. Well, no, watch
3: it. You, you you can just read it, just sort of speed read it. And if you are paying any bit of attention to what you're reading, trust me, you got questions, man. Exactly. There's a thousand questions in one chapter. A, and, you
0: know, folks, can they can email us at... Um, questions at bibleinfobrokers.com.
3: Are you going to read the email question they sent it in? Uh, yes, I can. Okay, well, because we have one that's coming in. I mean, we're going to get to that in a moment. Okay. But like Brian said, please send us an email question at questions at bibleinfobrokers.com. <laughs> Write it in your address box, questions at bibleinfobrokers.com. Or you can call one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven.
0: There's a couple things I, I I'm want to reach out to our listening audience. Uh, first of all... Um, uh, and I want to thank those uh, people that have been sending me their uh, uh, numbers of text and yeah. uh, if uh, you can if take take a couple minutes and uh, send a text uh, to uh, in, you send me a text you know I've been sending out information just reminders shows coming up and I got some other things uh, uh going on their articles
3: we have nothing um, to sell we have nothing to sell Don't nothing to sell it. yeah
0: exactly a lot to give away though. but if you can't uh send send me your text to uh info at bible info com. that's info at bible info com, and uh, that way i can get you on our uh, uh our texting list and uh again things coming up uh uh, you know, speaking engagements uh, by the professor, uh, different things that are going on in the Christian world. So uh, please uh, do that. Again, that's info at BibleInfoBrokers.com. Second thing is, um, it, it, it's on a personal note. Um, I had a tough day today, and, um, you know, I, I do believe in prayer. And, uh, you know— we, after, just uh, yeah, we just pray for uh, Anna. Yeah, we just prayed for Anna, Uh Today uh, we we uh, uh my mom went to a, a assistant living home not not you know not a uh, convalescent hospital not but it's not a hospital not a hospice or anything like that but a uh, um, uh, assistant living facility and uh you know we've been taking care of us for for a while we have been taking care of her for a while and so uh i, I just pray that um, you know she, she seems to be doing okay but you know it's her first night there and just uh, pray that she uh, just becomes acclimated and just fits in and, and you know, enjoys herself and uh, doesn't feel uh, alienated. I don't think she will because she likes to talk to people. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, but just pray that the Lord is, just give her peace and comfort and, and just enjoy herself where she is and, you know, knows that no no one's kicking her out of her, you know, out of her house. but. Uh, you know, she just is living at a place that's going to give her a lot more assistance and help than than, than we can now. So, anyway, I just wanted
3: to uh, bring that out and share that with our listening audience. Thank you very much, Brian. Ladies and gentlemen, again, one triple eight LA talks is the number one triple eight. Five two eight two five five seven. 2557 which you open on this uh, question. Now, I want to take something out of order. Doug, hold on. You're going to be right after this call here, I promise you. But I want to deal with uh, some of the issue. we just start about, talking about some, uh, some stuff with dealing with the Quran and things like that. And I have a gentleman that's calling in. I see the question here. Let me bring Hussein up from Huntington Beach. Hussein, I uh, just took a little bit out of order to try to have some continuity in the broadcast. But thanks for calling in.
1: Hello?
3: Yes, Hussein, can you hear me? Yes, I can
1: hear you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Taking my call, yeah. I just, I, you know, I used to be a Muslim and stuff, so I studied the Quran quite a bit. And I just want to say too, just you know, along the line of what that uh, one caller was saying about about the Quran, about it being Gabriel who came to him, that Muhammad Muhammad knew who came to him. He knew that it was Satan, and he he in his first when he first came out of the cave, he was terrified. He was sweating bullets. He was begging his wife, cover me, cover me. And she's saying, What's wrong? What's wrong? And he says, I saw a devil. He said, I saw a jinn. In Arabic, it's the word jinn. And then he said, And he knew it was Satan who came to him. But his wife is the one who convinced him that it was an angel. But Muhammad knew that it was Satan who came to him. And he was, ter- and he, several times, if you read the Hadith, he says that. He says that it was Satan that came to him and that he was terrified. He was terrified that that angel or that creature right. that met him in the cave would, would return to him. Now, so, who's, anyway.
3: who's saying real quickly for my just for my edification? I do want to check it out. Can you said it was in a hadith? Can you give me any kind of a uh, uh, enumeration about where it is in the, in a hadith so that we can check that out? Just like our listening audience will check out any scripture that we give them.
1: You, you know, I can't give you the exact uh, the exact address of it, but if you put it in the internet. Right. If you look on 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 Google and just write, who came to Muhammad in the cave of Hira,
4: Hira H-I-R-R-A. Okay. Uh, just Hira, oh, I and, can uh, I can authenticate that. Yeah, that's uh, he's he's his saying is absolutely correct. That is the case. And okay, thanks. A couple of verses called the Satanic verses. You remember the thing with Rushdie, where yeah. they actually believe the devil did deceive Muhammad. That got into the Quran, and that causes a, a major uproar. But yeah, no. In fact, he did he did feel that he was deceived by. Uh, by the spirit, but that his, uh, but Hussein's correct, his wife said no, 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 and talked him into it accepting it, uh, that, that what he said is, is, in fact, the case that is in the history of Islam.
3: Wow. Hey, Hussein, thanks for calling in, brother. Keep listening to the broadcast. Yeah. Appreciate you. Thank you for your great program. Uh, uh, thank you, Craig, for that because I mean you know when, when I hear anything, I mean we always oh, yeah. you know I love to hear being who I am, just the opposite uh, sides of everything when to hear all the arguments that I possibly can on whatever the situation is, so I appreciate Hussein, I appreciate you verifying, but I, i'm still going to you know obviously check it out myself uh one triple eight l a talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven let 's go to our friend doug he's been holding on so patiently, Doug from l a thanks for holding on and calling in, brother My question is uh,
2: why did I grow faint from? Walking a mile with twenty pounds of rice when there's isaiah forty thirty one
3: from isaiah forty three are you talking about you personally actually grew faint
2: yes i i, I walked uh, a mile um with twenty pounds of rice and I felt faint, meaning i felt not nauseous and uh, wanted to throw up
1: and had a headache.
3: Now, I would say this, and I think we kind of alluded to these type of things beforehand. When you experience something, uh, in my personal thinking, and I think what Brian was alluding to, everything may not necessarily be a spiritual component to it, even though, you know, God is uh, sovereign as he is. But uh, I don't know if you are hydrated properly or whatever it is like that. If all those things were equal like that, then I, don't, I don't, personally don't know maybe Craig or Brian can talk about it, where Isaiah may come into play for someone who's going a mile with a 20-pound sack of rice or anything else. So, uh, Professor O'Brien.
4: Well, I guess we need to deal with the underlying assumption. Uh, Doug's, I, I believe, is alluding to. He has, didn't mention it, but it's uh... Isaiah, right? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like we, mm-hmm. like, like eagles. They shall run and not go weary. They shall walk and not faint. So, I'm, I'm guessing that's where he's going to. But first of all, that's a pr- that's that is a principle. It's not a promise to everybody. Um, there's also uh, the, the spiritual side of that. Uh, I mean, if it's it, it not literally meant to mean if you, just, if you walk and serve God, you'll never grow faint. Because if that was the case, all all, all marathon runners who are Christians would always win uh, because they would be the fastest and never get tired. Um, so that's that's not what it's saying. It's the idea, though, that there are times when God intervenes. It's always the case spiritually that He gives us strength that we don't have. Now we're back once again to Second Corinthians 11 right. and. And Paul says, when I'm weak, then am I strong? The Lord tells him, for his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Uh, You know, because God told him that. So there's the the principle. It's really a spiritual application. But there are times in the sovereignty of God when God does give people supernatural strength, supernatural ability to endure things that otherwise would be impossible. But but this is not some general... um, principle that one can claim all the time that you know, hey, if I'm walking with God, I can go out and whether I'm hydrated or well fed or not, and I can do whatever, and I'll never go faint. That's just not what it's saying. It's the idea uh, that indeed many times of course, even young people they they all eventually faint, but when God's involved and God wills it, He will give you supernatural strength to make to allow you to endure when it's superhuman and no else nobody else could endure. Uh, god will give you the strength but it's always the case that the spiritual application of this is that god gives the believer spiritual strength spiritual victory and delivers us from our spiritual enemies which is the world the flesh and the devil isn't everything spiritual well yes and no i mean but it doesn't mean there's nothing physical so I, i mean we don't want to cop out and say well it's always spiritual there, I mean, uh, we're not just spiritual beings, we are corporeal beings, we have a physical body, and so there's nothing wrong with talking about that aspect. But we need to look at the issues of when we're dealing with something that uh, Jesus uses, the parables, and he gives a often an, an earthly analogy, but there, there's a spiritual meaning behind it. There's a big picture, if you will, to it. It's not, he's not just talking about people who own, for example, vineyards. He's talking about God owning the earth and us not wanting to give us... His, give him his due and so on and so forth. So yeah, everything else I would argue there's a spiritual aspect to it but but I'm not wanting to deny the physical as well.
0: And and you know Craig, I, I think of uh when when you see things happen in, in the Bible, uh it's it's for the purpose of giving glory to God. And uh you know, I one of the one of the uh, uh things I uh, t- uh people I think of is Samson, you know. Uh, yeah. he lost his strength I mean he had strength but it was taken away from him because of his disobedience uh, but you know when it was that time he said Lord just one more time and that and the Holy Spirit came upon him and God gave him that strength for that particular time but that was for the glory of God and I and I and people have to realize uh, when I, I truly believe when uh, the Holy Spirit, comes upon a person to do some miraculous act, uh, it's always for the glory of God, nothing else. Exactly.
3: I, I agree with you, Brian. That's the gifts of the Spirit, for the edification of the common good, used for God's glory, and edifying the church. Exactly. You know. oh, Doug, I hope that's helpful to you, brother. Thank you. You're very welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Brian Allen. You heard his voice, uh, Professor Craig Hawkins, PCH. My name is Easy EZD Fulton. We're the Bible Information Brokers. Give us a call at one la talks one 528 2557 Or email us a question in the address box, questions at... BibleInfoBrokers.com. Questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. Nico, Oscar, hold on for a second. I'm going to deal also with um, uh, Joe's call where he hung up. I'm going to answer his question a little bit uh, later. Also, but Brian, you have an email question for us.
0: Yeah, we got it. We got an email from our friend Alan. Oh, yeah. He says, um, I've heard it said, even on your program, boy, I wonder who said this, that there are no stupid questions, or even <laughs> the only stupid question is the one not asked. I'm not sure this is a stupid question, but I ask this with all sincerity. Did Satan know Jesus was fully man and fully God? If he knew this, did he actually believe Jesus uh, could be won over to his side with tempting Jesus with earthly powers? And how could he imagine Jesus could, would worship a created being? I firmly believe Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. I firmly believe Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. Although he gave up his divine traits, powers, etc. to live his life on earth, I'm not sure I've ever heard any atheist Jehovah witness raise as a possible position that Satan wouldn't try and tempt God with any earthly treasures of power. Only a man could be tempted with these offers. Anyway, I know Satan isn't omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, etc. So maybe he didn't know or couldn't know Jesus was God. Maybe just a mighty prophet. And maybe one day if you would, PCH, would you entertain the stupid question? Would it be possible for Jesus to sin? I hope these questions aren't considered blasphemous. They may be stupid. But like I said, these questions are honest and not meant to be mean or hurtful. God bless, and we'll pray for your program tonight and every Sunday night. Alan. Go ahead, PCH.
4: Well, yeah, no, it's a great question, so it's not stupid. And there is the debate among Christians whether Christ could actually sin um, because of his fully human and fully divine nature. And so it's regarding what's called from the Latin the impeccability of Christ. Mm could Christ have literally sinned or not and some say well if he couldn't sin he couldn't really be our savior he wasn't really tempted as we are cuz we can we are tempted and we can't sin and <laughs> do so uh it's it's a debate i'm going to hold that one for right now cuz that's a big complicated issue but there's a, another question that's running parallel with this is is, is the devil tempting Jesus, for example, Matthew 4 and Luke 4? That's how you can remember that, in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. You find that the accounts of the major temptation of Christ out in the desert after he had fasted and whatnot. And so you've got to say, why would the devil do that? Did he really think he... I mean, first of all, I mean, let's go back earlier. Why did the devil rebel against God? Does he think he can win <laughs> in a fight against God? How does uh, being, no matter how powerful, certainly far more than us, and, and, and certainly, as far as raw ability, certainly much smarter than us. No doubt about it. Let's not even try to go there. And uh, uh, we don't compare. Um, but he thinks he can beat God. So there's two issues, there's minimally two issues that come up here, in my mind at least. Uh, by the way, I think of an old movie with Stacy Keach in it. It's got a lot of cussing, would m- not for the faint of heart. But it's called The Ninth Configuration. Mm. The ninth configuration, it's actually dealing with the issue of the origin of sin and evil and mental illness, and which came first. And and basically the question is through these people at a mental hospital for those who served in the military and, you know, apparently went went insane, um, you know, which comes first? Was the devil crazy, or did he become crazy to think he could beat God? You have to remember, pride puffs us up. When we become prideful, we think we can do things that Mm. we can't. How many times do you see these two M.A.? Fighters and one thinks, oh, I'm gonna knock this guy out and blah blah blah. Self-deception. That's what I wrote down.
3: Just wrote that down.
4: Yeah, you know what? So I mean, clearly they were wrong. Are they just stupid? No, maybe they're just they really believe it because of their pride. And so the the pride pride blinds us. Pride. The idea is to have a exalted view of yourself. It's the the idea, like in the original languages in Greek, is is like it's like being in a mist. It's being in a fog you can't see where you're going you ever been in a really deep deep fog sometimes you can't hardly see your hand in front of you um and you know major car accidents happen because you can't see you don't have a proper perspective on the road before you and so i would argue due to, to the devil's pride uh he he, his, he it corrupted his his intelligence think of people who the criminally insane and or just people some criminals in jail Now some of them certainly are some of the dumbest ones you think of these dumb criminals who, you know, have wore their name tag or put it in their lunchbox and left that at a crime scene, or, you know, have, you left a uniform with a name on it with a video camera with a bag over their head. <laughs> like people can't figure out who it is. <laughs> but, but, but there are some who are surely geniuses who really are smart. But, but there's still uh, there's this foolishness though that they think they can beat the system, and more times than not, they're not. They get caught. And so it, I don't doubt his intelligence and his power. But, but clearly his pride, just like with some, you know, Lex Luthor, you know, real or imagined criminal figure, their their pride and their sinfulness corrupts their reason, corrupts their thinking. And so I think you have to take that into consideration. And you might even argue today the devil's a madman. He's a, he's a, he's a cosmic sociopath. And mm. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm being fully serious. Um, but he didn't start out that way but how did he get that way well because of the effects of sin yes. sin blinds us it brings <clears throat> about sin corruption i mean it brings about distortion and even mental illness he's still culpable for it he started it he built yeah, it father of he it. got the father. ball rolling mm-hmm. but you're but who's to say he's sane now he really bleeds his own press
0: yeah craig do you think and um, this this might now this might be a stupid question too. Well, though. hold on. We
3: consider source, But go ahead.
0: Okay, uh, you you know how you look at uh, some of these superhero movies, and they're cast wait wait and they're cast down from a certain place down to let's oh, say yeah, Earth sure. or something like that, and they lose their powers or they
3: they they become. By coming here, I know what you think, By coming here.
0: Yeah. So sure. do you think as for. Uh, you think for uh, Satan being and his angels being cast down to earth from heaven, they could have lost something, maybe a part of their intelligence or a part of their power, even though they're they're powerful, you know you know what I'm saying?
4: Well sure, and I I mean I have to believe that because uh, look I, I even I I can figure out. I don't have their brains, but I can figure out you can't beat an infinite God. Hello right. I mean that's like that's like being in a debate team. I'm gonna debate God. I mean, hello, you might as well just concede. You can't win. <laughs> Not because God's mean or the fix is in, but because He has all the brains. You can't. Yeah. You, you how are you gonna beat God in a chess game? I don't care who you are. You can't beat God. So I, I think of the one, and I apologize to our you know uh, Marvel fans, but I think of uh, the one movie with with Thor's brother is trying to beat you know the superheroes, and at one point he goes, you know I'm tired of this. I'm a, I'm a right. god. You're just and and Hulk takes him and slams him a couple times, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, so much for being a god,
0: puny you know, so, god."
4: Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like the yeah, boards, they don't hit back. But, yeah. um, but seriously, so yeah, I mean, of course. So there is a, a genius, but uh, but there's this maniacalness, and there is this there is this warpedness now, and therefore it results in some uh, and some respects and, and foolishness that. If you think you can beat God, there's something wrong with this equation. So if he was so smart, why would he do it? But you've got to take into consideration pride. And I'm going to argue, uh, my view would be, mental illness comes after the fact. God doesn't make the devil. Mentally, ill. he's perfect in all his ways until iniquity was found in his heart Mm -hmm. and his thinking. And then I believe he becomes delusional through his pride, and now maybe even... Indeed, and I'm not, again, trying to be disrespectful, but literally is certifiable. It's certifiably mentally ill. It's a so psychopath. who should be locked up for all eternity and will be. But he didn't start out that way, but he's become corrupted. He's become distorted. And I don't doubt just as this his beauty. I, I, I don't know, but I won't be surprised when we finally see the demonic realm. Funny, I was talking about the saying. <laughs> um, I think we're going to be shocked. I think we're going to be appalled at what they look like to the corruption of the, to their literal presence their appearance and, and the, their their capacity so you again, you don't want to you don't want to fool them just like a, a dog that has rabies um you know they're not in the right mind but they can still bite you and inflict serious injury so you know even though i think the devil's not uh is not sane now uh i say that with all soberness and not in any sense flippantly uh, trying to you know be a smart ally, because even Michael the angel did not dare bring a railing accusation against exactly. it, but said, the Lord rebuked yes. you. And that's but Michael uh, the archangel qu- says that, mm-hmm. I have no place to go off smart enough.
0: And, and, and you know, Craig and, and Daryl, I, I truly believe, I believe out of those third of angels that were kicked out of it, I, I truly believe there, there's, there's a handful that say, man, we sure did screw up, and there ain't no <laughs> so, turning back.
4: But, but, but now they're, but they're, but I think they don't even know they screwed up. <laughs> think of people in prison. Look, look at it this way. I, I liken it to this. Now, and I'm assuming people that actually are in prison are guilty, and I realize some are not. There are people right. who are right. locked up, and you know, and, and thankfully, uh, groups like the Innocent Project and whatnot try to help free these people, and I, I appreciate that. But assuming that, let it be the case that everybody in prison deserves to be there there are different levels of security, right, from level one, two, three, four, maximum security. Sure. There are guys that, you know, there are solitary confinement because they'll kill people. They they try to kill guards and other things, you know, constantly. And then there's guys in there who are still maniacal. They'll rip you off, but they're not going to try to kill you or strangle you or cut you in pieces. But but they will try to rip you off. You know, they're involved in, you know, uh, fraud and, and uh, you know, joking people of money and and whatnot. So just as there's different levels of criminals and criminality and and viciousness, you know what I'm saying? All the people who truly belong there have all done things worthy of being in prison. Mm -hmm. But some are worse than others and some would even kill other prisoners. And so I believe that there are even as it talks about a book in Jude some are reserved in chains. They're so bad yes. like, they're not yes. even allowed to just hang, run around now. But some are, and I think you're right, Brian. I, I'm speculating. I think some have said, "Wow, I really bought the farm, but the, I, you know, I, I'm in to this, and so I'm going to make the most of it." And I think some aren't as bad as others. They're still evil, and then there are some that are so vicious. And I believe when you come to the devil, again, uh, you know, I. Don't want to say anything disrespectful because you're dealing with a being that has such power. He doesn't compare to God. He's not God's equal. This is not Zoroastrianism or Manichaeism, an ancient heresy, uh, false religion, uh, but is so powerful and is so bright, so intelligent, and maniacally, criminally such that we're no match for him, but he's no match. Just as we're no match for him, He's no match for God. You know, let me,
3: Brian, no, I'm, I'm going to interrupt it now, not interrupt, but just say this. You guys got so much uh, information there, and, it's, and it's, I, I like the way you just uh, brought it down to sandbox level so everybody can understand it in all honesty. But when you said something about the the, the demons are that are chained up because they're so evil, then that's almost implying that uh, they're less evil than satan now maybe the sophistication of satan being ahead being loose right now and all that type of stuff it makes me think about that i don't want to answer for that yet craig we can talk about it another time but also you mentioned this movie about this ninth configuration i definitely want to see that because i just looked at this uh series called the fall this i don't know if it's a true story or not, sort of from britain it's the guy named richter who was uh killing all these uh, women and stuff like this and doing things, I don't know if it's a true story or from a true story or not, but when you're talking about Resident Evil, you see these things going on, Holly was killing folks almost like they get that uh, show called Dexter from, uh, yeah. you know, that type of uh, thing. And he's judging people and then killing those that kill people. And then the last thing I wanna say in regards to this, and it's a more serious nature, Brian is probably wanna take notes on this. Uh, if anybody knows this gentleman out there because this is starting this, not of a new belief system, but an old belief system like so, like a name and Claim a situation uh, And for you Laker fans I'll just simply say this And this is a serious thing uh, Mr. LaVar Mr. LaVar um, Ball uh, It's interesting how he take things And say what he said And Alonzo now is a, a Laker Number two pick And all that kind of stuff But what's happening on the sports scene and throughout the media is that they're making these claims saying he spoke this into existence. I heard him say say, that. Not only him, but he just taking this for a ride. So I'm putting a challenge out there to any of you Laker fans that happen to know Mr. LeVar uh, Ball have Lavar call our broadcast, have him listen to our broadcast, because I want to ask him a question on where did he get that from? Is that from some little sort of thing he just learned or some kind of thing, that, some kind of teaching he got in, a, in, a, in maybe in a particular church he go to or not? But I'm challenging that, you know, for obviously we get him to call in, that'd be great, but I'm more interested in that the media took it, Craig and Brian, and ran with it and actually almost preaching that gospel that he spoke this into existence and now his son is the number two pick as though magic and the way the guy played ball and all the logic that comes with that is the case. That's the danger and the self-deception I'm saying that we were talking about with Satan. And I think that you could be so self-deceived that in answer to Alan's question that Satan, I don't think he knew. Uh, but if he did know, he's that self-deceived that, that he could do something about it. Now, Alan,
0: one thing I do want to say, uh, we spent about 10, 15 minutes on a supposedly stupid question. So let me clarify: it wasn't a stupid question; it was a very good question. Your I, part
3: was stupid, but other his, his wasn't. I'm just kidding about the moral stuff. And I
0: think uh, Craig wasn't there. A, a final part you wanted to deal with? Or? He said he' gonna deal with that later. Okay, that's the well, one. Well, no, because the
4: impeccability issue. Yeah, is we don't have so time for that. Did yeah. Christ sin or not? But you know, the devil is a very real being. There are people who hype on it and see a demon under every rock. Right. We talked about this earlier. And then there are Christians who live like materialists, like there really is no spiritual realm. Yes. There is no. And, you know, Ephesians 1 and 6 and other key passages.
3: Even a jackass as, a, know and, there's real spiritual things. You know
4: what? There are spiritual beings out yes. there, and, and some of them would f- figuratively and literally rip your head off. That's right. And it was not for God and, and his, his, his good angel Protective angels. Protective angels,
3: yeah. Uh, we would be in big trouble. The jackass and Gehazi come to mind. Them two saw in the spirit world, well, and they were very much understanding of it uh, in that regard. Mm. Let's go back to the phone calls, gentlemen, and let's talk with uh, let's talk with Nico in the city of Santa Monica. Nico, thanks for holding on and calling in. We got about six minutes left on the broadcast, guys. Trying to get these last two calls. Go ahead, Nico. Hello, Nico. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, I'm
1: calling because. I've been I've
4: been attacked too much by uh, evil here in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm a Christian, and uh, I'm I feel like St. Paul in Santa Gamora. and I've, it's been indicated by uh, God that I need to go to a small town. So I'm asking for that direction because I'm my my focus is really off. So I, I'm asking for uh, some direction to
3: get to where I'm supposed to be with where God wants me to be, you know? Well, Nico, let me let, Brian, I don't mean to interrupt you, Brian, but let me ask you this question, Nico. Have you ran this past anybody that you are accountable to or do you have any kind of fellowship whereby you've talked to somebody other than a radio broadcast team who don't really know you personally? I have, but they just
4: told me to keep it in good. Take it to God
3: all the time. <laughs> well, if you took it to God and God gave you an answer, you would have no need to go to anybody else if you're if sure as God. But it doesn't sound like you're absolutely sure about this move you're going to make. It doesn't sound like it to me, but maybe uh, Brian and Craig, you might have something else for Nico. You know, I, I think Daryl asked the right question.
0: If you've talked to your pastor or anyone like that, and, you know, one of the things you, I, I always I say it all the time uh, w- when I pray, I say, Lord, close the doors that need to be yes, closed yes. and uh, close and open the ones that need to be open and guide me. Because, I mean, that's the question we can't answer for you, you know, because uh, we're not God and, and we don't know the, the full situation. We don't know everything. And so we can't make that judgment or make that call for you because that that's
3: that's a, a spiritual issue. And before PCH you had a crack at this Nico. I would just simply say this. Is there some kind of issue that you don't think that the small town can have just as much as evil as a bigger town? And that would be my question. So uh PCH maybe you can take a uh a, a similar or different look at it.
4: Well no, it's it, it's a it's a very important issue. We don't want to be dismissive of Nico's question. Absolutely. All. Not. Questions, but uh, you guys said it earlier. This is needs to be in, done in conjunction with someone who knows Nico, can spend time with them in prayer and fellowship, and has some spiritual maturity. Can give them guidance and counsel. And we couldn't—not that it's not important, not that it's not significant, because it is, Nico, you are—but we couldn't possibly do this justice in a few minutes. It'd be just totally irresponsible of us to try to attempt that. So we want to encourage you with the pastoral staff of a local fellowship. Hopefully, you're attending to seek their counsel. And, and, and vice, and go
0: from there. You know, you know, Nico. Earlier in the show, Professor Hawkins uh, mentioned in the passage: "Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength." You know, with this is a, this is a decision. You 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 know, use your heart, soul, mind, and strength as well. So don't just spiritualize it. Uh, use your mind as well to make this decision.
3: And, and I will finally say this, Nico, before we have to let you go and force it because of time. I would ask you to go back to the people that gave you sort of a, I'm not saying it was a glib answer, but I'm saying it was, seemed like it wasn't satisfactory to you. And sometimes you have to push people say, listen, guys, I really need help. And, you know, can I really have some more of your time to really explain to you where I'm coming from with this? Because I don't know if you did or didn't, so I, I don't want to be presumptuous. But I do want to encourage you to do what we just said, offered you to do very good appreciate you nico thank you very much give us a call back let us know how it's going please please give thank us a call you. back
4: yeah, yeah. thank folks, you, you pray for nico please appreciate
3: do that. yes father god i just ask and pray even as we did for anna earlier that nico might um in the multitude of counsel, there's wisdom, and the wisdom that we gave him is to do that, uh, get get accountability, get get counsel from uh, some godly people who care, love, and know. Uh, Nico, Father God, I just ask and pray that you would give Nico comfort in knowing that the body of Christ is indeed just that—a body in which we're supposed to care for one another, love one another, and be concerned for one another. And so, Lord, I ask that Nico cast his cares upon you because you care for him, but also bear one another's burdens by going back to the people who know him best and to give him some godly counsel in this area and lord i thank you for in advance that he would get that godly counsel and lord if we all fail him don't you fail him because you never leave him or forsake him as you said and so do that father god because of who jesus is for his sake and for Nico's edification in jesus name amen Amen. Thank Amen. you, Nico. Thanks. I appreciate you. The last call of the night, gentlemen, we have about a minute left and we're going to try to take Oscar's call from Tustin. Oscar, thanks for holding on and calling in. We may not be able to get all your uh, questions answered, but we're going to take a shot at it right quick. We have about a minute left.
2: Okay. This is addressed to uh, Professor Greg Hawkins.
3: That's Craig uh, he Hawkins.
2: About, he was talking about the wrath of God uh, a little while ago, but mm-hmm. uh, what about for those families that religiously go to church, whether it's a Catholic or Mormon church that uh, that, that uh, it was brought up, the Catholic and Mormon church, or non-Christian uh, or a non-Christian church? They raise a family, they educate their children, and pre- and prepare them and send them off to the world to be productive citizens, and their children. Marry and have family of their own, uh, of their own, and those children or grandchildren repeat the the cycle. Where's the wrath of God in living that kind of life that they were brought up by gotcha. parents and generations before them?
3: So a PCH. This has going to be a, a cliffhanger, Oscar. I beg you, can you please give us a call next week and we can entertain this question, the first question of the of next week? Could you please give us a call next week? because we're literally out of time. Okay. And this will be the cliffhanger, folks. So call back in for Oscar's question about the wrath of God. Thank you, Oscar. Okay. PCH, we'll deal with this later. you got 10 seconds to give me your final thoughts.
4: Just hold things, hold
3: fast to that, which is good. Ditto. I didn't ask you anything, Brian. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is Living Body Word Ministries. Thank you. I'm Big Bama and Mama Grace and Baby Boy. Daryl Easy Defaulting. Goodbye.